Alrighty, welcome to Wednesday Night Musical Osmosis, where intelligent dissident thought meets melodic euphonious reality. I am your musically magnanimous host, Nick the Saucy One Cat Source, broadcasting to you as always from Meth Mountain, Tennessee. And I also want to introduce my procussively proficient co-host, calling in all the way from Charm City, Maryland, my pal Odell. Hey, hey, what's going on, man? Nothing, man. Um, just trying to get through our new outside down COVID 5G bat society, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so much crazy every fucking day. And speaking of every crazy, pushing all the important sanitized buttons in her hermetically sealed bubble in the next room, it is the yes. fabulous D of That's 3D. 3D does sing. What do you have going <laughs> yeah. on with? I was saying, um, I think it was on the Apocalyptic Peanut Butter podcast that your name's kind of ironic because your 3D does sings, but 3D can't see in 3D. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty messed up. I cannot see 3D pictures. I can't see 3D um, movies. What it is is one of my eyes goes a little up and one a little down. So my brain learned to deal with that when I was growing up. So I have really, really good depth perception. And I guess you just can't fool my eyes into thinking something's 3d when it's not, but you do see dead people. So, you know, it's a fair trade. I mean, you know, when somebody lose them. So check this out, man, on Amazon, they have a twisted sister documentary and it goes all the way back to D Snyder's. Have you seen this thing? No, no, no. I've seen, I've seen the, 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 I've seen it, but I haven't watched it. It, dude, it is awesome, man. And it's it, just like watching D. Snyder live. It is exhausting by the end of it because this. I mean, it's yeah. longer than most documentaries. It's like almost two and a half hours long. But the thing okay. that really it captures and resonates with it is D. Snyder is such a fucking charismatic showman. I mean, I think That's the music it. is just kind of mediocre. I never. I think got a couple good songs. I like this song called "The Price," which isn't really a popular mm-hmm. song by them mm-hmm. so, but i would put him in a mediocre category just for music but their showmanship dude he was on stage talking he's like ah this d snyder's about to go on world tour world devastation and we are going to conquer the world and make twisted sister the biggest band in american history and i was like dude i i he sounds like he's cutting a promo for the old wwf like, I expected to say, and then, and then Ultimate Warrior, I'm going to show up at SummerSlam and take your Intercontinental title. And, like, he's, like, six foot three, and he's got the fucking makeup and the hair out to here. And, dude, it, like, it literally looked like an old WWF promo to me. And that's, I mean, I mean, you think about it, during that time, that's all that was, too. It was a lot of, but they, but you, but you had to do it even more. Like, you had to separate yourself from the everybody else that was trying to do that and 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 he did it he was able to do it and that band was able to do it and very few of them were able to, to step out even from that and 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 take it to the heights that he he took it and i and, and and even if you think about it not just musically uh too like politically all of that he he crossed the boundaries he stood up for a lot of things um that a lot of artists I, nowadays i don't even know if they really realize what d snyder did and continues to do because he still talks he still goes to capitol hill and voices certain concerns yeah that guy's a genius he's phenomenal yeah all right let's talk about what we got coming up on the show because we've got a great guest tonight coming up on the yeah. show around around and around's not even my favorite song by rat but I guess that's the song that's re- resurging again because of the Geico commercial. But Stephen Piercy from Rat is coming on in two weeks. Yeah, 
one of my friends from middle school uh, wrote me because he was a huge rap fan. And I've been, you know, every now and then I see little things on Facebook. But when uh, you posted that and then I went and re- reposted it, he was like, oh, my, are you serious? Like, he said he started pulling out his stuff again and started listening to it. And I was like, oh, wow. So it's, it, it's going to be a good interview. Yeah. Um, King Buzzo from the Melvins, Laura Hope. Yeah. Lots of good stuff coming up. And good we'll have stuff, some new man. reviews and stuff up on the site soon, too. Yep, yep. Uh, speaking of the site, fabulous 3D to can't see in 3D. Where can you find musical osmosis on the wonderland known as the interwebs? Well, it's super duper easy. You literally, literally just have to type in musicalosmosis.com and you're there. It's spelled just the way it sounds, just the way it was in school. Um, you can also find us on Facebook. And you can find all of our stuff as well for Apocalyptic Peanut Butter and all the other stuff we do, like 3D Does Things, which is my Etsy. Um, you can find all that stuff on Facebook and just Google us. We're, it's, we're really easy to find. It's yes, ridiculous. we're very Googleable. 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 I can't say <laughs> real words. Fuck if I could say made up words. I can't pronounce half real words. Much All right, let's get tonight's guest in here. Tonight's guest is a legendary artist and performer whose cult following is only surpassed by her passionate, high-energy stage presence from the Killer Crows, Texas Terry and the Stiff Ones, and more recently her solo work as Texas Terry Bomb. That's with an explanation point, by the way. Welcome the fierce and illuminating actor, musician, and all-around mad hatter of the underground music scene, TXT. <laughs> also known as texas t welcome 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 <laughs> well thanks i was having so much fun <laughs> listening to y'all I, w- I was having a good comedy show over here so uh <laughs> it's too bad i have to jump in because i was ha- i was already having a blast i could have just sat back and listened to y'all for a while Trust me, te- um, trust me texas t my shtick gets old d lives with me and half the time she wants to throttle me well, no. Do y'all have separate bedrooms? Oh no. Okay. We're, we're together 24/7. We've well, been in a still alive. She have a garage with a punching bag. No, she's yeah. got a back porch with um with amenities. Okay. Well, you know, sometimes you need something. She's uh, got exactly. her safe space from me ranting and raving about politics 24 hours a day. Oh, my God. <laughs> I live such a peaceful life compared to you crazy kids. I tell you what. You know? yeah. Oh, you are. God bless. You are fortunate to be over. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Witch. I got to thank you for calling in. You were calling in all the way from Germany, and it is 1 a.m. right now. That's correct. It's 1 a.m. here in Berlin, Germany. Uh-huh. Thank you so much. I was in Austin, Texas for the last five months. I just got back here uh, to Berlin. I grew up in Austin, Texas. We right. must the be home of, the home of the Hickoids, you know. Yes, yes. We, <laughs> you're bringing up so many things I want to bring up. We must be on a psychic connection right here. Because you beat me to the punch. I was going to ask you, because you were just in Texas recently, and now you're in Germany. And I always start off with a little bit of, you know, how is everybody coping with COVID? How how's the vibe ground level in Germany as far as the whole COVID thing as compared to what it felt like when you were back here in Texas? Well, let's just say that uh, if security guards ask you to put on a mask and you don't want to, you don't go home and get a gun and come back and shoot the security guard here. 
you know, yeah. like, uh. like they like they do in the U.S. So so people are pretty good about about wearing their their mask here, and I I haven't heard any bickering, and uh, um, like on all the public transportation, because because most people here we all do public transportation. They got the best trains and buses and trams here. And everybody, you know, wears their mask and pretty much, you know, there's no packed, you know, sweaty buses. So, so, you know, everybody's pretty well behaved here from what I can see. Yeah, my dear, one of my oldest, dearest friends, Claire, lives in Germany. She's lived there for about 20 years. And I mean, I know that over in Germany, they got to think we're out of our fucking minds over here. I think everybody does. I mean, I did when I was when I was there. I'm just like I can't. I mean, to be quite honest, I don't know where the U.S. that I love. I don't know where it went. I don't know where it went. People are just out of their minds now, and it, and it, it made me really really sad because I really miss the the America that I I grew up in and that. Um, you know, there was always problems, but but not like now. There's just, I mean, come on, to go buy a quart of milk, you're going to pack your gun. You're going to take your gun. Right, right, right. And, and it's just, <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, you know, there, there's been a lot of steps backwards in the last few years. Oh, yeah. So it's it, kind of sad. Uh but you know that. But the thing is, I I, I know that that there will be a time. I mean, people are are only gonna be patient with this for so long, and something's gonna happen to to make it change. You know, because that's what Americans do. That's it. They only put up hope you're right. crap, and then and then uh, they do something about it. And uh, you know, they're they're polite up to a, a point, and and then it's just like, oh, God, I can't believe we have to go be assholes to get this changed again. So I don't know. I, I have faith in, in in the American people. That's for sure. The ones that, well, I don't want to talk about politics because it just makes me sick. But let's just talk about uh, humans that care about humans um, mm-hmm. and uh, the uh, the good for all humans things, not, not the people that... Uh, uh hate i don't like people that that hate other people it's just it's it's just too ugly for me yeah we don't want to get sucked into that viper's pit i'm sorry odell yeah yeah. no no i I know you said you you came back uh too often and i know often sort of is a little different than the rest of texas if you will um at least from the the times that i've been there did, did you see a change could you feel a change even in austin um well you know, I didn't really get to go out that much because the right, right. thing was closed down. So, you know, I would just have to base all that from, uh, I mean, you know, there was all those protests and, and all that stuff while I was there and, and, and all that stuff. But, you know, I was just watching everything from the sidelines. I didn't go get involved. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I stayed at home like a good little girl, um, you know, and wear my mask when I go out. And, you know, I was trying to avoid being a part of the problem. I'm going to be part of the solution, uh, at least with the COVID thing. Right uh, on. 
You know, gotcha. it's because uh, it really makes me sad. Because uh, I, you know, when I went to that, when I went to the airport uh, to get on the plane to get back from Austin to to Berlin, you know, that the, the little girl at the counter, she she. I guess she wasn't that familiar with uh, visas uh, that are in my passport that, mm-hmm. you know, that I that my visa is so I can live and work in Berlin. So I had to stand there and have them go get their supervisor because they're like, oh, you can't get on this plane. And I went, listen, <laughs> you know, this 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 visa, they said, but is this a, a permit to live? And I went, yes. That's what a visa does. It permits me to live, but it doesn't say permit on it. And I went, you know what? Go check with your supervisor. And so, you know, and I was just thinking, oh, my God. You know, because when I got to Berlin, they're just like waved me in because I have my. Right. But, you know, they had I guess a lot of people they had been living on the plane had had to fly back. And I said, well, that's not going to happen with me because I have a permit to live and work in Berlin, and, uh, but, you know, there for a minute, I thought, God, how horrible is this, that uh, Americans aren't allowed into Europe right now, and yeah. Isn't that, that is, it, it is wild, it, it still blows my mind that other countries are actually, because not only does it, they're actually not letting Americans in, but they would love to let Americans in if they actually just listened and followed simple procedures, but, that's because what that's I'm a lot talking of, about. I mean, yeah, it's a lot of money that they're missing out on. I'm apparently, the, the people that don't want to wear masks, they must not travel much. You know what I'm saying? They don't care exactly. about. Well, no, they travel. They throw a fit. I saw a Twitter thing today where a guy said, you know, I'm no coward. And he was on a plane with no mask. And they just had a couple who wore their masks to get on the plane. And then once it was in the air, they took their masks off in protest and said, you can't make us wear a mask. And they had to turn the fucking plane around. Could you oh imagine? My God. You know, the thing is, when they when I was on the plane, they, they announced that if you weren't going to abide by the rules, that you were going to be banned from flying and yeah. and, uh, and for future, you know, flights. And uh, I, I can't believe they actually had to turn. I mean, people are just so self-centered and selfish and it's it's silly. It's it's an infantile ego. Hey, we got to shift gears because I want to get to some music stuff, too. And anytime I have somebody on the show for the first time, I always like to give them a little backstory, how they ran across my feed and my radar. And a few months ago, you popped up in a picture when my buddy Jeff Smith posted a picture of you, too, from the Hickoids, as you mentioned. And I was like, oh, wow, well, she looks like an interesting character. Let me go check out her music. And I checked out both of your albums, um, Eat Shit and Your Lips, My Ass. And I was just blown away by the music. But then again, I was like, you know, I can't believe. And I said this to um, Inger Laurie, too, from the Nymphs, who I think is a totally underrated artist as well. I can't believe you don't have more music out. I wish there was more Texas Terry Bomb out there. Well, you just have to take what you can get, darling. Yeah, that's not the first time I've heard that. You, you know, you know, there's this one girl. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Roxy Saint. If you've never heard of Roxy Saint, uh, she she was an artist in uh, Los Angeles. But the same time I was out there living and doing my music, and talk about an underrated artist 
If you ever, okay. you know, Google her, Roxy Saint. She's got, I, I love her music and her songs. She's just like, I just can't believe that she didn't get huge. I don't, you know, sometimes we're all baffled by how that happens or doesn't happen, you know. But I would check her out if I were you. But thank you for uh, finally finding me. You know, it's like, uh, as I was telling you, I actually haven't done music for six years. And you said, well, come on the show anyway. So, um, and I'll tell you why I stopped doing music is it, it, it stopped being fun. And, um, you know, because uh, a DIY thing, uh, I was running pretty much the whole thing. Like I was in charge of funding the booking agents and designing t-shirts getting the t-shirts ordered um finding the the van i'm really good with with uh staying on a budget so uh, it wasn't because i didn't want to divvy up the work to other people in my band it's just that they weren't quite as thrift-minded as i was to make this a profitable encounter of touring so you know i took care of 99% 99% of the stuff. Thank, thankfully, I had an Irish uh, bass player that, that when we were on the road, took care of all the band members. Like at sound checks, I would actually sit in the back and 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 he would come get me when, when he had the, the band all sound che- checked and ready for me to sound check. So I, I really appreciated that. Because, you know, what, one thing, when I stopped being in a band, um, it was it, it's it's still been hard for me to even go out to shows. Well, you know now this is before COVID. I'm talking, right? And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, like every once in a while, I'll go out to see one of my LA pals or, or my 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 Austin pals, and and I'll go to their sound check, and it, you know, and, and all I can think is if I have to hear one more drum kit sound check, I'm gonna scream, <laughs> you know. <laughs> So when I go to their sound checks, I can laugh because I can go, I never have to hear another sound check again. This is great stuff to me. Um, but, you know, then 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 most of the time I'll, I'll stick around for the show anyway, even though I don't want to be out. Especially if Jeff Smith, you know, if Smitty's in town, I ain't going anywhere if the Hickoids are in town. <laughs> yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. They're wild, man. I love those guys. <laughs> yeah, I've known that guy for 100 years. You know, we because we, I grew up in Austin, Texas. I, I lived there uh, until I moved to L.A. I think I moved to L.A. in 1984 or something like that. And then I lived there 25 years. Then I moved here to Berlin 13 years ago. And and it's it's always a kick when they come out here, because um, you know it, it's and it's it it was always fun uh, because you know when when I lived in L.A. it was like you you know you always had to kind of a fight to meet people you wanted to meet, and, and out here it's just like I got to become uh, better friends with all of the the bands from L.A. that would come out here that I'd seen in L.A. but but here you know it's it, it's uh, you know, I, I'm like one person, not 300. So uh, it it was really kind of cool that I, I finally got to know people a little bit better that I had uh, been playing on the same stages with for so many years. And and uh, 
And the reason I came out here to LA, I mean, to Berlin was um, my, my first choice was actually Stockholm, Sweden, because I love Stockholm, Sweden. But that 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 fell through. So I my second choice was Berlin. And uh, the the German language is pretty exhausting. I never really I, mm-hmm. I, I went to school for it and I, I just couldn't. My mind just rejected it. I, 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 uh, it just led me down the road of depression, and I started hating Germans. Wow. Well, because I hated their language, so I was mad, you know, and then then I realized, you know, we need to take a break from these classes, you know, could chill out a little bit. It was turning me into an insane asylum. (laughs) And uh, and I never could get a grip on it because you know the words here they they are so long they'll give you a headache. I mean you have to after being out for a day and looking at the street signs the street names are so long I, I used to have to come home and stare at the ceiling just to you know decompress it's it's but you know this is where I live and and I'm too lazy to move basically. So, well, in these times, though, man, you're probably good where you are. You probably don't want to be over here right now. Oh, right now. Yeah. I mean, I needed to step away from the insanity and get out of the U.S. for a little while. Um, But, you know, I mean, eventually I'll move back there because, you know, I I, kind of miss, you know, you kind of end up missing uh, uh, people get your jokes there, you know. People there yeah. think I'm funny. They laugh at me. I laugh at them. We have a good time. Um, it, it, it's it's kind of different here. I mean, I'm going out tomorrow. I actually have a really fun day. I'm going to go out on the, the spree, which is the main river here, and, and one of them pedal paddle boats. And I'm, yeah. I'm going out with an American friend of mine, and we laugh a lot together. So Well, that's know, important. Absolutely. That's what life's about. I mean, hey, let me let me jump in real quick because I wanted to get back to something you said before I lose the thread. When these different bands like the Hickoids come in town, do you find yourself getting on dragged on stage a lot to sing? Oh yeah, of course. So when was that the last time fun. you were on stage? Well, well, see that's a tough one because I worked at a, a karaoke bar for the last five years. Ooh. And and uh, I I I uh, I was the coat check girl and I was also the uh, security person at the front that got to decide whether you came in or not and and that's not a snobby thing that just means um there's a harmony of 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 people singing at a karaoke bar and then if some if some really obnoxious personalities come along i have to tell them to come back on a different night because they will mess up the harmony. So that was fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. it's not it's not a snobby thing. It's just we have to we have to look and, and see what the harmony of the overall guests that have come in is. If it's a little rowdier night, then then the rowdy people can come in. But if it's not if it's a if it's a more mellow night, then I you know I can't invite the uh, rowdy people in. So it makes it makes sense, and I was hired specifically to do that because I'm good at that. And and the thing is, I, I I don't drink, so I can pretty much tell if people are too drunk to come in. Right, um, you've got that radar. Yeah, you know, know people. Was, I, I was a I was a very bad drunk, so I I know bad drunk. I know how you know spot them. It's, it's been there, done that. So you they know. get pretty competitive in the karaoke bars too, don't they? 
Yeah. It's like a pretty competitive type of uh, scene. Well, the cool thing is where I work, that they, they have like private cabins, uh, like 12, 11 or something private cabins, and then they have an open stage singing. So I, I, okay. I was I was always doing the open stage singing and and uh, but on stage with the band. Well, even at that karaoke bar, like once a month, they would have a band that you would sing with. So so I would I would sing. I, so I, you still get your music fix when you need it. Oh, yeah. If I want to go sing, I, I, I can always find a way to go do that. Um you know, and, and the great thing about doing that karaoke gig was I, I got to start singing songs that were completely not the style that I sang. And uh, like Some one Nancy my, like, Sinatra. Well, like one of my favorite ones to sing is is Goldfinger by Shirley Bassey. Yes. You know, and, and I yep. get to sing some uh, some uh, uh, Billy Holiday. You oh, know, mm-hmm. so yeah, get, before my time. Yeah, so I get to sing before ever all of our times, uh, but I get to sing a bunch of different styles that I never uh, sang before, which which is you know I, I like challenges. I like to challenge my abilities, so I would like to say, as well, I think and we that- all to challenge our abilities. That's what keeps life interesting. I'm right there with you on that. Yeah, and, and you, uh, um. I'm, I'm pretty sorry, known uh, for being. I'm pretty known for being kind of crazy. Um, you don't say. You were voted what most no. psychotic performer from Rock yeah, City yeah, Magazine. Yeah. So I think that's and, a fair and, statement. And the great thing about about me being in a band, because I'd always wanted to be in a band since I was a little kid, but but the great thing was I think it it kept me from being locked up in an insane asylum because it was always great because I I could go on stage and be myself which was completely crazy and people would clap and scream and sing along and cry and pay me money and I thought this is great because if I if I acted <laughs> like this off stage I'd be locked up in a nut house <laughs> that's a great point hey yeah. let me ask you a question I was on the interwebs fiercely looking for some killer crows and I found one thing that had a little bit about your bio, but it was kind of mysterious. Nobody kind of knew where the years were started and ended. I couldn't find any music. I was curious to know about that era because I couldn't really find a whole lot of information about that. That's funny. I was just thinking about this because, you know, I'm thinking about going through all my stuff and throwing stuff away. And Nah, send it here if you don't no, want to. Oh, send it. Yeah, yeah please. I have to. Please. I might have to. If you pay for the shipping, I'll send it to you, darling. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Because uh, because I was just thinking about that that I that I have a I have a, a CD of of the Killer Crow. Uh, we went and made this uh, record. I hit. <laughs> I re- I was uh, not allowed to drink while we were in the studio. And, and I know have, there's a story behind that. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm mm-hmm. a alcoholic. So, so we we did the first week, and I was a good girl, and I didn't drink, and da 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 da. da. So we had that weekend off. So you better believe I was going to get busy, and um, I pretty much drank so radically that uh, I hit bottom. And so the second half, the second week of our recording, I was sober. And then I just stayed sober because I I just you know drank myself into a, a frenzy, 
and and, and finally hit bottom, which, which which you know th- that was a blessing in disguise. So so half the record recorded, I was drunk, and half the record, I was sober. And Man, I, I would love to hear that record. Yeah, and, and uh, that was my first time in the studio. So it was I was still trying to kind of finding myself, but. You know, so I would call it Texas Terry Light. But, ah, gotcha. But but that but that but there are some good songs on that record. I, I I can if I ever find it, I will try to download it onto my uh, computer and send you some M- MP3s. Yeah, please. Awesome. Man. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Tell us a little and, bit and about we can, the. We can bust that killer crow cherry. Yes, it needs busted. Hey, so let me <laughs> ask you, um, once Texas Terry and a stiff one started, was it at that point you kind of considered yourself, hey, I'm going to be doing this the rest of my life. I'm a career musician. Or did that happen prior to that? Or was that the point where you're like, this is my life forever? Oh, the first time I was on stage, that was going to be my life forever. Really? And, yeah, I mean, I mean, that's all I ever wanted to do, you know. I uh, I don't know. I mean, when I was a little kid, I was probably maybe mm, six or seven. I would stand in my room and sing into my hairbrush and to the mirror and set up my stuffed toys. They were my audience. And, you know, I was a rock star before I even knew what one was. And, and that's I guess that's all what I always wanted to be. And, and so anytime I... You know, growing up in Austin, I mean, come on, I, I got to hear the best music in the world. I mean, uh, I heard Rocky Erickson when I was like, I, I don't know, I was in junior high school. And and this this the, the white trash girl of our class, somehow, I don't know how, how she did this. She she wanted to have a party and somehow her mother fixed it up that we could do it at the at the country club the austin country club and so you know we're standing around uh, us little kids probably Mm -hmm. drinking coca-colas going like how did she pull this off you know maybe her mother was giving blowjobs i don't know (laughs) but but but, you know and then there was this this this, these musical interest instruments set up in in the corner of this one room and uh there was that jug, you know, that that of the 13th floor elevators. And so we were messing around with this jug, wondering, what are they doing with this jug, you know? And then, lo and behold, it was Rocky Erickson and the 13th floor elevators. Wow, and that's I, some history right there. And my life was mm-hmm. changed, and I just never I never turned back. And, you know, I ran into Rocky many times uh, uh, throughout the years of me growing up. You know, and when I was... Well, you know, I always got to sneak into clubs. So, um, you know, I, I mean, I ran into Rocky. I went to see him as many times as I could while I was living in Austin. And, and uh, you know, when when he finally, when his brother finally helped him get back uh, his mind back enough to where he could play music again. And he, he was playing over in London. And and uh, my visa here was was expired. And I went, you know what? I don't care if I get if they send me back to the U.S. or I get stuck or I get in trouble. I don't care. I'm going to go see Rocky Erickson. And so I flew over to London and and, uh, you know, it was great to see him again. But it was even greater to have him be like the first band I really saw when I was growing up. Did you tell him that story? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
and uh, and it's uh, you know he, he's he, I got lots of great Rocky stories. And like the time I was leaving the punk rock bar in in Austin, uh, Raul's, that was a great place. And, and this guy uh, named Doug Breeding was giving me a ride home, and he had this big Cadillac, and so. Doug gets in, I get in the passenger side, and, and he starts the car letting it warm up. And up from the back seat between us, Rocky Erickson pops up, and he goes, Hey, Terry, because that's what they called me in Austin. Uh, hey, Terry, you want to go to my mom's house and eat some acid? And I'm just oh, like, Oh, boy. And I was like, Not tonight, Rocky. But, you know, I mean, he, he was an amazing character. That, that so, is it, so, so is it safe to say that um, that the business because I, I I've been in I've, I've been in a female fronted band and I remember there was a lot of pressure that was put on her because to be honest you know people are coming to see you they're coming to see what you're about especially in in, in music and especially in the punk rock scene so would it be safe to say that like the business aspect sort of t- killed the joy. Of, of of the overall aspect of, of being in a band? Let me tell you something about me being a female. If I was a male, I would have been mm-hmm. huge. I would mm-hmm. have been huge. Uh, uh, the men in the music business were terrified of me because uh, I was a female, but it was like I was as rowdy as the male singers. And, yes. uh, and if I had been a male... You know, because males bond together and they get it, you know, where 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 they think a strong, crazy female is going to be nothing but trouble. Right. And so because, you know, I met a couple of these these uh, when I was going to some shows and I, I met a couple of these record label guys, you know, the smaller record labels. And and uh, and this one guy, I'll never forget, he went, you know what, you're really nice. I never, you know, I w- I've only seen you on stage and you terrified me. And I went, you know what? I'm not any more dangerous than that guy right there that's on your label that's that's singing right now. I can't remember. Exactly. Murder, Murder City Devils. I can't remember which, which band it was. But but they okay. had a really crazy singer. And I went, you know what? I said, that's me on stage, man. Because I am an entertainer. I do what, you know, I'm good at what I do. I Oh, I, yeah, you are. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. I watched some of your stage presence on the YouTube, and like I said, you are a ball of energy, and you know how to control a crowd for sure. Well, yeah, because that's the only place that I can 100% be myself and not get locked up. You know, that's what I'm saying, and it's well, it's, you could be yourself with us, Texas team. Well, yeah, but Go you know what I'm saying? <laughs> in, in my general public life, I mean, it, it's like I got I I and and, and the thing is when 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 you think of all the hours you put in rehearsing, promoting, dissing and natting, and you get like, let's say in the U.S., you get like 30 to 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to waste a second of it. It, it. It's like it's like I put a lot of work into this. I'm not going to get shy or scared. You know, it's just like, no, I'm going to go for it, man. Well, yeah, well, that's it. obvious. That's it. You know, that's why we always like to do the, the shorter sets, like like 30 minutes, because it leave them wanting more. And then if you if they want more, then you give them more. But but, you know, there, there's a lot of bands out there that 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 
I would say they overstayed their stage time. You know, they would use their full 45 minutes and you're just like, please get off the stage. You know, where if they had stopped at 30 minutes, you know, we would have been glad that they were off off the stage, but maybe there would be some people that were left wanting more. You know, I, yeah. I always, always leave them wanting more, you know? That's the golden rule. Hey, we're going to play some Oh Yeah. And let me tell you, I read a couple um, interviews with you, and I like the fact that you're like, I'm never going to stop putting this song out until it's like a world-renowned hit. Uh, it's still my favorite song. Well, let's play. It'll bring, it might bring some tears to my eyes. It's a good thing people can't see me. Let's play some <laughs> Texas tea. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. 
All right, we are back with the legendary Texas T. And, uh, you know, one thing I wanted to talk to you about, because you've had such an interesting career, is growing up in the 50s and 60s, coming up when music was dangerous and edgy, especially 60s, 70s, maybe a little bit into the 80s, do you think you'll, they'll ever be that magic again? I mean, Alice Cooper, who's one of my favorite all-time performers, he can't. He used to be the shock artist. And he can't shock anybody anymore. You can, I mean, there's no mis- mystery. You could go on the internet and find out, like, Kiss's identity. Like, if a band like Kiss came out, you could totally go find out who those guys are. I- is that era gone forever? Will we never get back, like, truly edgy, dangerous music? Well, I don't think so. I mean, come on. I mean, it's... How how could it be? I mean, come, come on. We had we had Iggy Pop. Yep. You know, he was he was so shocking that that uh he didn't even his music wasn't even acceptable until how many not that long ago really exactly yeah Yeah. he had to almost starve on the the streets i mean thank god for david bowie uh uh doing a cover of, of of china girl because that's what iggy i heard that's what iggy lived off of for years was was mm-hmm. the residuals from david bowie's version and and you know, I mean, I mean, I, you know, I grew up, I grew up seeing James Brown growing up. Yeah. Now, Ooh, yeah. That yeah. that was like, you know, and being one of only the only white girls in the audience, it, but I didn't care. I would have, you know, if if I would have gotten killed that that night, it would have been the best way to go. Cause it, but you know, nobody bothered me because it was just like the white girl likes James Brown, you know. Come on. <laughs> much cooler, by the way, much cooler than getting killed at a kid rock concert. Yeah, yeah much that'd cooler. be a terrible <laughs> way to go. And, and you know, so so there were, you know, there were all of, all of these things, and we had the Stiv Baders, we had the, the the Iggy Pops, you know, we we had all of the the really. Uh, the the personalities that that just they walked That's on they had, they, they had the charisma and and they mm-hmm. just had MC5 yeah. yeah and they, they they just had all of that 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 danger just dripping off of them you know what i'm saying and uh and, and you know i used to for a long time i i, I did i did my shows uh, i would take off my shirt and i would put txt across my chest you know so i wouldn't get arrested mm-hmm. And I pour water on my head because I needed to. And the reason I started doing that is because I needed to cool down the engine. So I take the shirt off and then I pour water on my head. And then, of course, everybody thought, "Oh, that's an erotic stunt." No, well, no, I'm cooling down the engine. Because and yeah, and, yeah. I, and I realized, you know, why why Iggy Pop goes on stage without a shirt on is because it feels so rock and roll. It has nothing to do with anything except it just feels so rock and roll, and uh, you know. So, so you know, a lot. Of, uh, uh, there was this one tour I went on, and we were kind of getting, you know, a name and blah blah. We we're getting popular, but but the, all these clubs, they were they were they were booking the novelty acts. You know, just because I take my shirt off doesn't mean mm-hmm. I'm a novelty act. My 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 music was good, but you know, so we ended up being with uh having all these opening bands that were novelty acts and had little sex shows going on. And and the thing is, me taking my shirt off had nothing to do with sex. It was rock and roll, baby. You mm-hmm. know, 
and, and so you know it was it it was so I, I'll never forget the last time I ever took my shirt off was at this uh, festival I was playing in uh, Spain, and just in the middle of it when I took my shirt off, it didn't feel right anymore, just out of nowhere. So it was over. You know, this was like years later, and it was just like, okay, I'm done with it. I don't know why, but I'm done with it. So, you know, then I would just do a black bra on stage with a red tape that said TXT, because I, you know, it, but I don't know what happened, but it was just like, I was, I was done. But I, but well, I became I, a thing, that became a thing over there too, though. Like people would come to the shows with like t-shirts on with, with the TXTs on their t-shirts and, and, yes. and the, uh, so, that's, I mean, that's right. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the cool thing, I, I, one thing I really loved about about uh, being who I was on stage was was I would have I would have guys come up after and go, you know, my girlfriend couldn't make it tonight, but she insisted that I come see your show. And, you know, and there would be like a, a there would be couples like like girls and guys and they would come up and they'd say, we we want you both you know to come home with both of us and so but there was never any there was never any like the girls weren't jealous if their boyfriends liked me and the the guys weren't didn't think it was weird if the girlfriends liked me you know it was just like there was none of that and and I thought this is really unusual because usually if there's a chick fronted band you know there's trouble between couples and and all of this stuff and. There never was. It was, and and I was really, uh, I was actually really proud of that fact that, um, you know, and and also I've got a lot of masculine energy, and 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 a lot of people that see me for the first time, they don't know if I'm a man or a woman, and, and so I like that kind of confusion also, and uh, because it, it's like who cares, you know? It, it's like I I'm just a badass performer. Um, yeah, it's been a, but it's been an interesting, uh, life, let's just say. And, and I'm you really, had, really, you uh, such a great era too. And that's what I mean, man. I mean, me and Odell in our late forties. So we kind of came in mm-hmm. on the tail end of not just a great punk era, but like the last like true American decade. When I think of America, the last like sure. real American decade. But you got to live so much more of that. Yes, I did, and I am so grateful for it. I mean, I mean, it's just, it's just, you know, will things be? I mean, come on, I, I'll, I'll never forget when I was growing up, and, and the Beatles were on Ed, Ed Sullivan, and and the Beatles were supposed oh, uh, yeah. to be dangerous, and and the thing was, and then. Just after that, I heard the Rolling Stones. Yep. And I went, ooh. Yep. Yep. So at a very young age, and I went, ooh, now the, ooh, I'm in love, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and I got to see, I got to see the Rolling Stones when I was like, I don't know, I, I, I might have been 16. So let's say I was born in 1955. You do the math. Uh, it was wow. in the 70s. So I got to see them, and I don't think my mouth closed the whole time. My jaw was just dropped, and I'm like, I am definitely in love. And, and you know, the rock star, <laughs> my inner rock star that hadn't even hatched yet was, was yep, that's what I'm going to be doing. The seeds were being planted. The DNA was being encoded. Oh, yeah. Started out with my teddy bears in front of the mirror with my hairbrush, and then and then I saw Rocky Erickson, and then the Rolling Stones, and 
Oh, what else? Amazing. James Brown. I mean, come on. What influences? It's just, it's just, come on. So yeah, let me finish yeah. up with this. Looking back at your career, do you feel like I could have pushed things further? Do you feel like maybe I pushed them too much? How do you <laughs> feel about your legacy? Let's just say that if I had been a male performer, mm-hmm. I would have been huge. Um, yeah. That that I, yeah. that's all I can say about that. It's just I got as far as I could go, and and that was another thing. It was like it was like I needed I needed some new problems. Uh, you know, you could o- you could only play the same clubs in the same cities for so many times, and it just becomes a routine. So right. I needed to, I needed to move up, and it and it wasn't going to happen. And that was another reason that I stepped back. I mean, I got to play some great festivals. I used to play uh, that that one. What's it called? The Rebellion Festival in in, in right. England uh, every yeah. year for for ten years. I played that one, and and uh, you know they treated me like family, and and that that is such a family. Everybody at that, the fans and all the bands are like a one huge family at the Rebellion Festival. If you've never had an opportunity to go, I, I highly recommend it. Um, it is just like, you know, people people would look forward to that that one every year. And, uh, you know, I, it, it was uh, the first time I played that one. Uh, I could only afford to fly myself over, and this these guys they mm-hmm. offered to be my backup band, so I just flew there, and and it was right before Your Lips My Ass came out, and I and I just flew out there, and and, and nobody in England knew who I was, and I flew out there, and this band backed me up. We practiced, and then we went to do this thing, and they had me play at the opening night, and you know just for a warm up deal, and and then when I played the Two days later, I played in the main uh, hall, the biggest oh, wow. room they had. But I was yeah. the opening band, which if you know anything about people at, at festivals, they drink all night. So, right. so you know, but but me and my me and my uh, bandmates, we we went and we passed out flyers, and you know, we had done that uh, that opening party night. So you know, there was already a little buzz about it, and I could not believe how packed this thing was at 12 noon on a Saturday, because that wow. was opening band, and and people yeah. were like, yeah, we heard, so we got up early for this, even though we're hungover, and 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 just the buzz started, and uh, and that was like really great. You know, I felt bad that I couldn't bring bring my band with me, but I wasn't gonna miss that opportunity. Um, exactly. Yeah. So I've worked, yeah. I worked my ass off. Let's just say I worked my ass off. And you've I, also I, done a handful of movies, too. So let's not forget, you're not just a musician. Yeah. You've also got about a dozen movie credits here, too. Yeah, but, but that, that you know, those are just like little parts I got here and there. It, it wasn't, you know, I'm not, and not, I'm not any big movie star, that's for sure. But, but it's fun. It's fun to see me from, you know, there, there's a song that I wish I had, had completed, and it, it, it's called "You Can Love Me, You Can Hate Me, But You Cannot Escape Me," and it's all about you know be I'm gonna show up on your TV set, I'm gonna show up on the radio. Your image came up in my toast the other day, so you truly are everywhere. Yes, I am. See, <laughs> that's right. And, and so you know, because it makes me happy that that 
when I went, when I was uh, in Austin, and I was I was a pretty bad drug addict and drunk, but you know I loved it. But uh, uh, at that time, but but my, uh, my 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 friend who who later became my roommate, he actually came over one day and he, and he told me that someone was talking shit about me, and I went really. And, you know, I mean, I don't know what world I was living living in, so naive. But he he told me, yeah, you know, there are people that actually hate you. I went, what? Oh. I was shocked because wow. I was living in this fantasy that everybody loved me. And, See, and I'm just the opposite. I go like that when someone says, hey, did you know this person likes you? I'm like, what? Somebody uh, likes me? Well, the opposite know, effect for me. That, been, yeah, that can be shocking too. But but I finally asked my friend. I said, okay, well, listen, you know, I, I'm like, I want to hear, I want to hear the truth about this. What is the percentages, you know, of hate and love? And he went, oh, about fifty-fifty. So I'm like, okay, that was a rude awakening. But it it also brought to my attention nobody likes me. They either hate me or they love me. Or and they I'm love like, you. Oh, I create some pretty powerful emotions in people. Yes, that's, that's how you know you're. There you go. Okay. Yeah. That's how you work in it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you know, I'm not. I'm not just blase. There's nothing blase. Well, if good, it helps you, here's musical osmosis. Loves you, Texas T. Yes, we do. Yes, well, we you do. know what? I can't oh, believe. Her. I can't believe you turned over that rock, and there I was, and here we are tonight. Oh, you can there think because you, you, you popped up on my feed in a picture with Jeff, and I was like, ooh, this person looks um, pretty interesting. Let me go check what they're all about, and I'm glad I did. Yeah, I'm glad you did, too. Thank you so much for having me tonight. Absolutely. Oh, thank you for coming before, on, yeah. Before you go, tell everybody, is there anywhere we could still find you? I know you have a website up, but I don't know how often you guys um, update you know, or anything. You know, I just Google Texas Terry, and you can watch videos and read interviews on me and and uh you know there's there's i think that my songs are still available to buy i don't have anything to do with any of that anymore you know come on i i i'm way beyond caring about chasing these people down for a couple of pennies here and there uh you know if you can find it to download for free even better you know i just want people to listen to my music forever and if you haven't heard of me i want you to be able to just go for it and and that's why i'm so glad you invited me um because you never know i mean i may i may decide i want to do music again i don't know but all i know is i'm glad that i you know you know when people go oh there has been well you know what if that's the case I, I'm okay to be a has-been because being a has-been is better than being a never-has-been. You can't be a has-been unless you are something special to start with. So I'll never be a has-been. I'm a never-was. I just get uh, on here and run my mouth. I don't know. You, 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 you're pretty good at throwing these, these little shows together. And 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 you, have, and you have a girlfriend that 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 can't see 3D. I think you're doing good. Yeah, that you're is doing hot. good. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I always say about these shows is the show's only as good as the guests, and um, only successful as the fans let us be. I'm just some asshole with a microphone asking questions. Well, you know, the thing is, though, you provide something for for the fans, and 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 that that I used to live for my fans because it is just so amazing to connect. To connect with their their whole soul, you know, from the stage and and 
it was just a great connection and uh you you know not too many people can actually do that on radio to be honest uh so good on well, you hey, i've got a nice little you. cheat i do all my own booking so i never have anybody on the show that i don't find completely compelling and interesting so it makes the conversations easy because i am actually like oh man i've got to talk to this person i'm a curious cat the, the the guests that you you mentioned that you have coming up, I, I'm very very proud to be on 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 that same, you know. I'm like, woo, I'm I'm sitting pretty with these people, uh, like like the Melvins are. Wh- which person in the Melvins are you gonna? Buzz Osborne. Uh, Buzz. Buzz. Buzz Osborne. Well, you yeah. Tell, tell Buzz that Texas Terry sends her love all the way from Berlin, Germany. Okay. I absolutely will. will. I. Yeah. T- he, Thanks, he, always had, he always had the best hair, man. Oh, Hold yeah. <laughs> yep, all right, we got to get out of here. I want to thank you for calling all the way in Germany. My God, it's 2 a.m. there now. Thank you for Woo! staying up so late with us. Thank you, Texas. Hey, thank you. It's nice meeting you all. Big love. You too. Right back at you. Bye-bye. All righty. We are running a little late, so we are going to jump right off. Odell, do you have any wise words to lead us out with? Uh, be safe, wear a freaking mask, and just do it. <laughs> Even in the That's shower. It. Wear a mask and That's goggles it. in the shower. Wear a Amen. mask. That's it. You can't sanitize. <laughs> Anymore? We can do this all night. I uh, know. No, I'm good, because I'll, I'll get on a rant. <laughs> yeah, we rant. That's for sure. <laughs> Do your dirty work.